from the center of Death Valley. I am Dave. And this is John. And the sound you hear is a propane torch. And I'm going to use it to melt Dave's eyeballs. Ooh! Aren't you glad you came today, Dave? Yes! Aren't you glad that you are friends with me? My Wait. very own brother, my or, very own flesh and blood. Hold on, hold on. This isn't a dream, right? I had a dream about this last night when I took the Horathorn pods. This is definitely not a dream. This is the realest life you'll ever get. Please don't tell me that. <laughs> yes. Take this. I'm going to use this to melt your eyeballs and drink them like a soup. Speaking of... Oh wait, I still haven't done the intro. This is, of course, the Devil's Advocates Legally Distinct Podcast. Welcome back. For this quality content. Yes, welcome back our very faithful listeners who love us and who love the content we make. We got some special content for you today. I am not currently doing drugs. (laughs) Here, do you want to not do drugs? Yeah, just hold that for me. Yeah. Whew. That's some good... Not drugs. Not drugs. That's some good Christian scripture right there. Mm-hmm. We're, main, we're, main, we're mainlining some Christian scripture. Good old New Testament. <laughs> Give me that Bible. Give me that Jesus juice. Yeah, I just like... Mm, just inject it right into my veins. Okay, so... I have... We have a very special episode for you today. We're doing something that has never been done in a podcast ever. (laughs) This is groundbreaking. First, definitely the first time. Probably the first time this has ever been talked about. This is definitely the first time any podcast has ever discussed true crime. This, no other podcast has done such a thing. No, not once. So, we each have stories. Why don't you kick off the episode with a story about Death Valley? Okay. So this is true back, crime in Death Valley. Back when it was a national monument, some ki- some some hippies were causing some trouble in in, in uh, Death Valley, starting fires, breaking machinery, just being general dickheads. And our our star of the story, Dick Powell, catches their trail. He's not a trained police officer. He's got no law enforcement training. He's just got good instincts. <laughs> so he's changed. He, so he t- teams up with, with, uh, with local law enforcement, <clears throat> um, sheriff deputies and the stuff, and they start combing this here desert for. Uh, for evidence, and they find um, places where people have been, where people have been driving dune buggies. Then, uh, so then after a while, they, after talking to some people, um, they figure out where where they've set up, and it's at this old at 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 the old Barker Ranch. It's an, it's an abandoned cabin in 
in Death Valley. We've both been there. Yeah. I would like that, actually. The not drugs? Yeah, the not drugs. Here. Take the not drugs dab tool. Oh, and so they come upon the Barker Ranch. There's like 40 or 50 law enforcement officers, and they raid the place. And they uh, arrest 26 people. And you know who these 26 people are? Well, so far, the the evidence in the story I've got so far would, would suggest it was kids. No, it's the Manson family. What? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> okay, I didn't see that coming. I got I got to say that. And they've been hide and they were hiding out in Death Valley in the mine shafts and all around it. You're this telling is... me the Manson family <laughs> was hiding out here? Yeah. They hid out in the Death they hit out in Death Valley after they murdered uh, Sharon Tate and all those other actors and actresses. That faithful Hollywood knight. That's insane. I wonder if there's still... So what happened then? Do you know? Oh, they all went to prison for life. Oh my god. <laughs> One of the girls started bragging about what she did when she was in prison for the vandalism and the stuff. Her cellmate ratted on her. As you would do. Wow, so that's <laughs> absolutely nuts. Um, so, Dick Powell actually kind of was a mm -hmm. hero. He's the man that, cap that captured uh, Charles Manson. Wow, that's wild. And, and the whole Manson family. I had no idea they were ever out here. Yeah, the park rangers got him. Isn't that weird? The park rangers captured the most wanted man in America. Yeah, that is weird. That's very, very weird. They were just out here partying. In dune buggies. And, like, vandalizing shit and acting yeah. like... fucking dickheads. Like, kids, <laughs> yeah. essentially. Well, they were all cultists, so... Potato, <laughs> potato. I guess so. Kid, cultists, it's all the same. Well? Tell us your story, John. It's a, it's interesting. This is an interesting seg segue because this actually is a kid. Is it? Who did this? Yes. So I'm going to be telling the story of Mary Bell. She she's an English woman, mm -hmm. and back in 1968, um, when she was around 10 or 11 years old, mm -hmm. she strangled two boys to death. And then she was convicted of manslaughter of the two boys, aged four and three. Was she babysitting them? That she killed. So, here's what, here's the background. First of all, her mother was a sex worker who was most mostly absent. Mm -hmm. And nobody really know, nobody knows who her father was. Okay. <clears throat> she endured a lot of abuse. <clears throat> and was likely very mentally ill. So she actually killed the on the day before her 11th birthday and she strangled a 4-year-old boy in a derelict house. How many people did she kill before they caught her? Two. She killed two people. Okay. Then two, what happened, two little kids. What happened after they... How long was she in prison for? She was a juvenile, so I can't imagine she actually went to prison prison. 
hang on. There's a little bit more to the story. Okay. So not only did she strangle them, she wrote notes about it too. Okay. And then on one of the boys, there was an M carved into the boy's abdomen. And some of his hair had been cut off. Trophies? There There was scratches on his legs and his genitals were mutilated. Serial killer? Yeah. An ele- you're telling me this girl was an 11-year-old serial killer who had a fixation on, on men? Apparently so. Something along those lines. She targeted the, targeted the genitalia, right? That meant, like, she had some hatred of it if she was mutilating it. So, let's see. She was acquitted. I'm sorry? Oh, wait. Oh, wait. No. Um, no, she was convicted of... I'm sorry. She was convicted of manslaughter on the grounds of diminished responsibility, which actually makes sense, being Mm -hmm. an 11-year-old. They had to do something, but they couldn't throw the entire book at her for not being an adult. So they sent her to a mental hospital. She was sentenced to be detained at an indefinite sentence of imprisonment. She got... She was held in the same, it's like a secure unit mm-hmm. that dangerous people are put in. So it's like, it's it, it's not like a mental ward. It's Hold more on. like prison, Hold but on. it's not prison at the I, same time. It's all the most dangerous people in Britain. I bet she came skipping and smiling <laughs> and they were like, oh God, that one's dangerous. She briefly escaped to prison at one point in 1977. Did she kill anybody? No, she only ever killed two people. She was released in 1980, so she she served for 12 years. That's a long time. Yeah. She was 22 when she got out. 23. What did she do with the rest of her life? She... Basically went anonymous, which, you know, smart move. I don't know. She had, she had what, 12 years to learn? She's also, she's got um, legal protection that keeps her identity protected. Like, even the, even the government was like, you know, you've served your time. You were a kid when you did it. You're out now. And... Don't do it again. Don't do it again, but also we understand that if people know who you are, you're probably not going to get to live a normal life. So that's actually kind of... Yeah, that's fair. Did you have any other true crimes? That I can think of? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Not about Death Valley. Well, the one I said wasn't about Death Valley. Yeah, I know, but I wanted mine to be about Death Valley, our our beautiful home. And our brave park rangers. Like Dick Powell. Praise Dick Powell. Oh, Dick Powell. We're going to make a shrine to Dick Powell now. I wonder why he didn't go by Richard. Dick is a better name. You got Dick is a bold name. It's bold. It, it immediately... You know you're dealing with someone who doesn't give a fuck if they call themselves Dick. Richard Nixon called himself Dick. Yeah, look how many fucks he gave. 
Exactly enough to get out of prison. He. <laughs> he gave weird fucks. You know, you know, you know how that story goes, right? He no. passed, he passed Gerald Ford in the hallway, and they bumped into each other, and he said, "Pardon me," and he says, "Okay, done." Oh my god. <laughs> What? Nixon bumps the Ford and goes, pardon me, and Ford says, yeah. okay, done. No, I heard you. That's pretty funny, though. That's how it happened. There's this joke that Putin once said. Oh, God. It's a Russian KGB joke. Mm -hmm. All right, Putin told this at some meeting. A, uh, an American spy walks into a KGB office and he says, I'm an American spy. I want to surrender. They're like, okay, you have to go to room two. He goes to room two and says, I'm an American spy and I want to surrender. And they say, do you have a firearm? Yes. Okay, well then you have to go to room 10. He goes to room 10, says, I'm an American spy. I want to surrender and I have a firearm. And they say, okay, do you have a communication device? He says, yes. Okay, you have to go to room 20. So he goes to room 20. says, I'm an American spy. I want to surrender. I have a firearm. And I, ha I also have a communication device. Now, like, okay. So you're a spy and you have a firearm. A communication device. Do you have an assignment? And he says, yes. And the man says, okay, go and do it then. Don't interrupt my work. <laughs> he told that joke on, like, in front of a bunch of world leaders. Did any of them laugh? I think there were a few chuckles. It's a good joke. It's a pretty funny joke, if you ask me. You get she's got to let it like sink in for a second. <laughs> What is wrong with this man? I don't know. <laughs> Here is joke we used to tell in KGB when we torture American. <laughs> so you are a spy. You have a communication device. You have a firearm. Do you have assignment? Yes. Then why are you not doing it? <laughs> Perfect. Just put him right, right to work. <laughs> Now you're a Russian spy. It <laughs> was a lot of build-up for such a low payoff. I'm really sorry. I apologize <laughs> to you specifically, Dave, because I, I feel, feel like, like... I feel like this is one of your trolls, like... Honestly, you know, I kind of wish it was. Like, a lot of your trolls are, like, you put in a lot of energy, and there's very little payoff. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, that's, yeah, you're totally right. That's exactly something I would do. I would get Dude. myself in front of a bunch of world leaders and be like, this is, this is the time for me to tell the shittiest joke I know. And then you would forget it halfway through and go, hold wait on, oh, wait, 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 hold on. Wait a minute. Hang on, I'm going to have to look up this guy on YouTube that said it one time. Yeah, you pull out your phone. <laughs> and I'm like watching it. And I go back up and I'm like, all right, no. For this time, this time for real though. And I'm in the audience, like, hand over face, going, you had one chance at this, John! 
One chance. Little did you know that was my chance and I did exactly what I wanted. Fuck up? Exactly. Make everyone uncomfortable. No, just me. <laughs> they all felt bad for you. No. Yeah. Why'd Dave bring his retarded friend? <laughs> hey, now. You're right. That was over the line. <laughs> hey, now. Okay, so, wait. Why, we're why talking Dave... about true crime. Yeah, we were. And I got one for you. Alright, so this is a pretty mysterious... I've got a doozy of a joke. This is a pretty mysterious one. Okay. I was working in the, the Saguaro National Park, really close to the border, the Mexican border. Mm -hmm. And before we went, we had to go through these classes about like how to be safe in that territory because it was a very popular place for human trafficking and drug trafficking. Mm -hmm. So the likelihood of you running into a caravan of of like people trying to come here or people trying to bring in drugs was not it was not zero okay there there, there existed some probability that you could run into something like that and it could be dangerous most likely it wouldn't be so here's how they work the traffickers will have people that scout everything out they go up to the tallest peaks they can find the biggest hills and they have really powerful binoculars and telescopes or what whatever it is they use i don't know mm -hmm. and they scout everything out so they know what's going on in the territory they know every where everyone is at and what they're doing and it's very hard to see them mm -hmm. they're usually camouflaged very well so one thing that we were made very aware of is if you're out here, don't do anything you wouldn't want to be caught doing because you can, you can assume that you're always being watched. Even if you're pooping, you're going to want to try and find yourself a nice, a nice spot, but just know somebody's watching. You there's poop. a chance that somebody's watching you poop because that's just what it is out here. Someone on a hill is has a radio, and they're like, man is pooping in, in the bush in this area, or whatever. And that way, they can, the, the people who are trafficking, they can, you know, route however they need to to avoid running into people. That's what they really want. They don't, they don't want to run into you. They don't want you to see them. Um, but if you do see them, you know, they're it might not be good so that's what that's like the whole background of what's going on out there we're working we were defensing an area mm -hmm. the entire time we were out there it was required that we had a border patrol agent with us mm -hmm. he carried a shotgun and a pistol and a taser and mace and everything you can think of wore a bulletproof jacket the entire time in did, the 110 degree weather armored? Dude, there was we couldn't do anything. We the we the conservation crew couldn't have like weapons and shit. No, but did you or, feel under armor, body armor? No. No. Did we have armor? No. Did you feel like you were under armor? 
Oh, yeah, I, did, I didn't feel... Well, no, I wouldn't have wanted to wear that. It was 110 degrees out there. Fair enough. He was wearing... There was no way he was comfortable, but he seemed like it. Maybe he's just a, is the kind of guy that can deal with that stuff. Anyway, we're working. All of a sudden, he he had been like gone for a while. We didn't really notice. He was actually a really cool dude. Sometimes he would talk with us, but um, he'd been gone for a while. We didn't notice. And then all of a sudden, he comes up to us, and he's like, Hey, so we're actually going to have to leave this area. Um, Y'all can call it a day or whatever, but you, we can't be here. You can't work here. And we're like, okay. And and he's like, we could tell he's standing at guard. And he's he wants us to get out of there as quickly as possible. So we do. Later on, like maybe a, a week later, we saw him and asked him what that was about. And it turns out he had found two dead bodies under a tree. And in the week that we... In, the, in that week, they had done some investigations. They believe, first of all, they knew it was two women, young age. They believe it was two sisters. And what they think happened is that one of them or both of them either got sick or injured. They believe they were being trafficked in, like, uh, to like come to America, you know. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and um somewhere in Arizona or Nevada or California. They one of them either got sick or injured and the other one decided to stay back with her because if you are being trafficked in, trafficked into America through the Mexican border um and you can't continue to hike they're not going to carry you for you. And unless you happen to have, like, your family, unless you can happen to keep up, too, and all that, they're not going to wait for you because they can't. they got stuff to do. They've got stuff to do. They've got to get from point A to point B in time to get food and water and make sure everybody's still alive, as many people as possible, so that they can get as many people here as, as, as they can alive. Mm-hmm. And if, they ha- if a couple of people get sick or injured and have to stay behind well then that it's just how it is mm-hmm. and here's the kicker so these two girls died under that tree their bodies were found by that border patrol agent that was with us and they were holding hands they died holding hands the desert is a rough place yeah. It has so no brutal. It has no mercy for the weak. Nope. This was a good episode. It's like you said, we take the winding trail, not the straight and narrow. Never. Never, ever. The straight I feel like that should be the motto of our podcast, honestly. You really couldn't have put it better. That was so succinct. The, the, the straight and narrow path has been done. That's not us. And we'll get there when we get there. I don't think I don't think we're gonna get there. I don't think this is ever gonna be one of those straight and narrow podcasts where where like people are gonna show up and they're like, Oh, I know exactly what I'm getting myself into 
because I know exactly what happens. They, you know, they sh they they definitely have a formula. No, you never really know what you're gonna get, and that's why you always come back. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's the real secret formula to success. The, get, surprise them every episode. Yeah. Give them a little dick. <laughs> that, that good stuff. All right. Well. On that note. This is John. This is Dave. And this is actually going to be a normal closeout to the show. Please welcome. Welcome. Shadow Legends. <laughs>